welcome this Welcome Sunday, the 17th Sunday after Pentecost, to Queen Anne Lutheran Church. It is great to see you here. We will continue to make the audio of this service available online for those who are not able to be with us today as we pray for them and for all of you to continue to be safe and well. Just a few notes uh, before we begin our worship service. As always, we invite you to silence your phones as a gift to yourself and to your neighbor. We are asking that you remain, secondly, masked throughout the entire service, which means, as I've said before, that singing may be more difficult than usual. As a matter of self-care, please don't push yourself. If you are having trouble singing, let the congregation carry you in song. There is an exception to our mask policy. According to synodical guidelines and state mandate, we can have our worship leaders, when they are speaking, uh, not wear a mask. My thinking here then is that a worship leader on, on the chancel can uh, not wear a mask if whichever, however it goes, uh, can or cannot wear a mask. That's, that's uh, his or her decision. I will not be wearing a mask when I preach or when I have speaking parts. However, when we're singing, we will, of course, be masked. If you have any concerns during the worship service, our ushers can assist you at the end of the service. Please remain seated and wait until an usher dismisses you by pew, beginning with those closest to the entrance. Finally, and this is really exciting, I invite you to grab not only a new copy of the quill, which is available um, on uh, a table as you make your way outside, as well as our new forum catalog uh, as you leave the sanctuary. So, lots happening today. We're really glad you're here. We'll begin our service now in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today we hear James warn against selfish ambition while the disciples quarrel over which one of them is the greatest. Jesus tells them the greatest, the way rather to be great is to serve. To make it concrete, Jesus puts in front of them a child. This was not without significance. Children possessed the lowest status of anyone in the ancient world. What he says next is astounding, yet many, then and now, reject it. We'll find out why in today's message. At this time, I invite you to please rise for our gathering hymn, number 641, All Are Welcome.
we begin our service with the apostolic greeting. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. O God, our teacher and guide, you draw us to yourself and welcome us as beloved children. Help us to lay aside all envy and selfish ambition that we may walk in your ways of wisdom and understanding as servants of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. first reading is from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 11, verses 18 through 20. Today's reading tells of the suffering of the prophet Jeremiah, who announced God's word to Judah, but was met with intense opposition and persecution. Jeremiah continues to trust in God in the midst of his suffering. A reading from the book of Jeremiah. It was the Lord who made it known to me, and I knew. Then you showed me their evil deeds. But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter, and I did not know it was against me that they devised schemes, saying, let us destroy the tree with its fruit. Let us cut him off from the land of the living so that his name will no longer be remembered. But you, O Lord of hosts, who judge righteously, who try the heart and the mind, let me see your retribution upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Word of God, word of life. The second reading is from the book of James beginning uh, with chapter 3, the 13th verse. The wisdom of God gives, the wisdom God gives unites our hearts and minds. Instead of living to satisfy our own wants and desires, we manifest this wisdom in peace, gentleness, mercy, and impartiality towards others. A reading from the letter of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? Show by your good faith that your works are done with gentleness born of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not be boastful and false to the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, devilish. For where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and wickedness of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceful, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without a trace of partiality or hypocrisy. 
and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. Those conflicts and disputes among you, where do they come from? Do they not come from your cravings that are at war within you? You want something and do not have it, so you commit murder. And you covet something and cannot obtain it, so you engage in disputes and conflicts. You do not have, because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly in order to spend what you get on your pleasures. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Word of God, word of life. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. Gospel according to St. Mark, the ninth chapter. Jesus and the disciples went on and passed through Galilee. He did not want anyone to know it, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands, and they will kill him, and three days after being killed, he will rise again. But they did not understand what he was saying and were afraid to ask him. When they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the way? But they were silent, for on the way they had argued with one another who was the greatest. He sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, Whoever wants to be first must be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and put it among them. And taking it into his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes not me, but the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, the source of life, and God's Son, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Today, as you know, is Welcome Sunday. Whether you are returning to worship as a longtime member or joining us as a newcomer, 
we welcome you back to what my predecessor, Pastor Wayne Backus, described as a place of grace. Faith in God's grace, that is God's unmerited, absolutely unconditional love, resides at the heart of who we are and what we do at Queen Anne Lutheran Church. We open our doors to all people as a sign of such grace. We welcome all to the Lord's table as a sign of such grace. We preach grace, we sing hymns about grace, and inspired by the Holy Spirit, we serve and care for others in response to God's grace. Of course, grace is sometimes hard to accept. We feel that we do not deserve it, for example, when it becomes apparent to us through confession that we have not made God the center of our lives, nor have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. Yet when forgiveness, mercy, or grace breaks through in our lives, we can only describe it as amazing. But what about other people? Do we believe they are accepted as we are? Does God really embrace the pariah of our culture? The lazy poor, the criminals, the immigrants, the way we trust God accepts us? What about the grace people receive from the government in terms of welfare? Should they receive what they did not earn or do not deserve? When Christians say no to these questions, it's possible. They suffer from an illness that has periodically overcome me. I call it prodigal sibling syndrome. The story. The word prodigal comes from one of Jesus' parables. It refers to someone who mismanages their finances, a person, a person who spends their money freely, recklessly, and wastefully. The sibling of the prodigal refers to the older brother in the parable. You know the story. The father has two sons. The younger son decides he wants to wants his share of the property his father has promised him. The father grants his son the wish, and the son departs to a faraway land, only, and this is a quote from Luke 15, 13, to squander his property in dissolute living. Now living with nothing, the son decides it would be better to return to his father and seek forgiveness. He devises a carefully worded confession, one first uttered by Pharaoh, according to the book of Exodus, and one we can imagine him rehearsing to impress his father and show him how truly sorrowful he is. The confession we discover upon the son's return means nothing to his dad. Nothing. 
the father sees his son, and before his son can even say a word, the father has already forgiven him. Talk about a place of grace. Without hesitation, without a lecture, or without conditions, the father embraces his son, welcomes him home, and promises a lavish celebration in honor of his return. But there's a problem. When the older brother, and I sympathize, I'm an older brother, when the older brother, who was out working in the field, discovers what his father has done, he becomes angry and refuses to join the celebration. And we all know why. It isn't fair. It isn't fair. His younger sibling got to have all the fun while he stayed and worked the land. When the older brother comes home, his father acts as if nothing happened. I can tell you here that this is the least favorite Bible reading my confirmation students and I have done. My seventh graders in particular do not like this parable. They side with the older brother, as I sometimes have. Not only has the younger sibling gotten to have all the fun, but the father throws a party for him and treats him like royalty. The older son, we discover, has an acute case of prodigal sibling syndrome. He cannot bear the thought of his younger brother getting something he thinks he does not deserve. Now, we don't know what happens to the older brother or whether he changes his mind. We do know, however, how the father responds. It's incredible. Son, he says reassuringly to his oldest, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Now this kind of passive language, being found, is particular to the Gospel of Luke. Luke seems to suggest here and elsewhere that the Spirit somehow intercedes and opens us to the reality of God that is unfolding around us. Jesus never explains this parable. He has no need. It speaks for itself. The Father in the story represents God, and the coming kingdom, one that is already appearing among us, see Luke 17, 21, will turn everything we believe about who deserves what upside down. The kingdom of God will turn everything we believe about who deserves what upside down. 
Now, in today's gospel, Jesus teaches something similar. The disciples find themselves bickering over who among them is the greatest of Jesus' followers. Upon arriving at their destination, Jesus patiently sits them down the way a parent would carefully explain something to a child. He says to them, whoever wants to be the first must be the last of all and servant of all. Jesus, we can see, is not simply talking about the kingdom as something his disciples should expect in the future. It's something they should enact in the present. Hence, Jesus' use of the present tense. How do they do it? Lead others by serving them. Lead others by serving them. Martin Luther King gave his listeners a helpful way of explaining this teaching of Jesus. Many of us, he said, want to be ahead of others the way a drum major is ahead of the band. We want recognition. We want to be first. Or in today's parlance, we want to be influencers. And here is some good news. From a Christian angle, There is nothing wrong with the desire to be seen, to be ahead of the pack, or to be recognized. You can still strive to be first, King remarks, but strive to be first in serving others. Strive to be first in serving others. Use whatever status you have at work or in the community, whatever gifts or abilities the Spirit has given you, to lift others up, especially the least fortunate, helping those who cannot help themselves. Let's not just expect the kingdom, in other words, as something that will appear in the future. Let's enact it. And let's use our time together in worship and fellowship to practice enacting it. Let's turn our culture and its values upside down by welcoming strangers, by carrying the burdens of those we may hardly even know, by treating the poor as if they were rich, and by treating every single person with dignity irrespective of race, gender, political affiliation, or sexual orientation. Let's give witness in our lives to the upside-down kingdom God began to enact in Jesus Christ, serving as he served, and let's do it all without any expectation in return. It sounds crazy, I know. But the more we practice it here in church, the more we inoculate ourselves out there against prodigal sibling syndrome. The best cure for it is to practice the kingdom and then enact it beyond these walls. May God give us the inspiration to enact his kingdom by accepting others as God has accepted us And may the kingdom for which we pray appear in the here and now, today, and every day. 
And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Before the prayers, let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Made children and heirs of God's promise, we pray for the church, the world, and all in need. God of community, 
We pray for the church around the world. Unite us in our love for you. Help us overcome our divisions and encourage us to work together for your sake. Lord, in your mercy. God of creation, we pray for this hurting earth. Awaken in us a new desire to care for this world and empower us to support agencies, organizations, and individual efforts to heal our environment. We ask that you bless us in our work beginning soon with Ridwell so that we might do more as a church to play our part in caring for the environment. Lord, in your mercy. God of cooperation, we pray for nations of the world embroiled in conflict, as well as those suffering from oppressive rule and violence in places like Afghanistan. Inspire leaders to listen to each other and work towards peaceful solutions to disagreements. Protect the vulnerable, especially children, who cannot find safety in their home or country. Lord, in your mercy. God of comfort, we pray for all who live with mental or physical illness Help them to find appropriate care. Bring healing and wholeness when the path forward seems bleak. Lord, in your mercy. God of compassion, we pray for the young people of this congregation. Renew in us your call to welcome them in our midst. As they grow, strengthen their faith and our commitment to them. Lord, in your mercy. For whom or what else do the people of God pray? Holy God, we pray for John's son-in-law, Jim, for the family and congregations of my friend, Pastor Jeremy first, and his wife, Shannon, upon his passing uh, in Colorado. We pray for Sibylla, Deb, the Andercheck and Paul family, for Mike B. Prayers of gratitude for the marriage of Daniel and Annie. Pray for Ken and Ellen, for Mary, for Chuck, for Moses, Olga, for the family of Zora, for Barb Guyatin. For Patty, niece Katie, for Gary and Selena, for Jan, for Virginia, for Carol, Colin, and Robin, Rich and Candy, Elsie, Jean, Carolyn, the Bergstrom family, Ruth, Denny, Ben, Barbara, Shana, Hildy, Bob B, and Almaz's brother Mulugeta and mother, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of consolation, we give you thanks for our loved ones who have died and pray for all who grieve today. 
shine your grace on all your saints. Lord, in your mercy. In our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and those in our hearts known only to you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you. Almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial. Deliver us from evil. The kingdom the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In a moment, I will uh, address each of you with uh, the words of Christ's body and blood. I invite you at this time then to take out your communable, if you're communing with us today.
God invites you to this meal of grace. Receive the food of forgiveness. This is the body of Christ broken for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Let us pray. Jesus, bread of life, we have received from, you, from your presence in, with, and under the bread and wine of Holy Communion more than we could ever ask. As you have nourished us in this meal, now strengthen us to love the world with your own life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We invite you to be seated briefly for announcements. Once again, we welcome you this Welcome Sunday uh, to Queen Anne Lutheran Church. If you've been with us now for several weeks, or if this is your first time being back or, or visiting this church, you are warmly received in this congregation, and we are really glad you're here. One of the things I've noticed in this process is how we are adapting to the situation we're in. And I really want to thank our um, reopening committee, uh, as well as all the volunteers in this church, whether they are assisting with ministry, ushering, uh, reading, uh, you name it. This church runs by volunteers. As Martin Luther said, we are the priesthood of all believers, which means we need you to step up uh, if you haven't already and help us with our 8 and 1030 worship services. We need four helpers for our 10.30 service, and we need uh, two for our eight o'clock service. You can sign up for these opportunities uh, in the narthex. This is one way you can give back to the church in response to the grace that God has given you and me and all of us. So please consider that prayerfully. It's on page 10 of your worship bulletin. Uh, second. I wrote wow in the margin here, and I'm going to maybe embarrass him a little bit, but Jim Margard is running a New York City marathon 
for the sake of Afghan refugees. And I just want to say, first of all, Jim, you are brave. <laughs> I barely survived the 5K Queen Anne Fun Run a few years ago. So hats off to you, not only for doing this, but for doing this given the cause that you're supporting. There's information there uh, that you uh, uh, may read that uh, shows how you can support Jim's efforts. So thank you, Jim, for putting your faith in action. And thank you to those of you who support him in this process. Third, uh, next week we have our Reconciling in Christ open meeting. That will be downstairs, 9 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Over the coming year, we're going to go through a conversation uh, and a discernment process whereby we hope to affirm uh, what I stated in my message today. That is our commitment to all people, um, irrespective of race, uh, irrespective of um, gender, sexual orientation, the Apostle Paul himself says that all are one in the body of Christ. And so to live into that reality, we're inviting you to be part of a conversation that starts next week at 9 a.m. If you haven't received a letter, there are additional copies of the letter regarding RIC uh, in the um, uh, church office actually on the counter. All right, uh, just two more quick announcements. Number one, I was asked about Sibylla uh, before the service, and I I bring to you some cautiously good news. Uh, she has improved. She's regaining her strength. Uh, when I shared this with uh, Shirley Flory, she said, Sibylla is a fighter, and she sure is. So she's moved off the, uh, the ICM floor, which is really good news. So please continue to keep her and her family in your prayers, and let's hope that someday soon we can see Sibylla back worshiping with us on Sunday mornings. Um, in a time where there's so much bad news out there, it's nice to hear a little good. So uh, thanks be to God for Sibylla's health, and may she continue to recover. Lastly, on uh, Wednesday at 6 p.m., we're going to start our uh, or rather uh, move to 6 p.m. on Wednesday, our online coffee hour. Over the past year and a half, we've had that at 11.30. It's been pretty popular, and we don't want to see that opportunity for fellowship to go, especially for people who can't join us on Sundays. So if you are so inclined and would like to join us, there will be more information coming out this week, but it'll be Wednesday at 6 p.m. Uh, for online Zoom coffee hour. Are there any other announcements for the good of the congregation? Okay, then please rise for the blessing. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn, Lift Every Voice and Sing, is number 841 in the Red Hymnal. <laughs>